We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by ElisaElana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. You've got it locked here on the Mulberry Lane Show, hashtag TMLS, bringing you exclusive interviews with artists of all kinds. Right now, we're in the middle of our chat with comedian, writer, and Nebraska native, Pat Hazel, bringing his hit play, The Wonder Bread Years, to the Omaha Community Playhouse, June 13th through 29th. More with Pat. Putting together the Wonder Bread years for the first time, you mix comedy with theater. Was that something that was difficult to do, or did you have a vision from the start? Well, I always loved theater anyway. I always felt like when you're in that black box with that audience on that journey, and storytelling is a part of that, and humor can be a part of that, and message can be a part of that. But uh, I think I was spoiled growing up in Omaha because places like the Omaha Playhouse and Jim O'Thuse and those people had great set designs. They had mm-hmm. great imaginations. And they were, you know, world-class designers and folks like that. And, you know, we got to experience all of that whenever they would do something. So there was something about stagecraft that was somewhat magical to me, right? Okay. And I think when I watched the comedy clubs and things like that was that people just rushed on and rushed off, and it didn't really matter. They were interchangeable parts. Mm-hmm. You know, if this comedian didn't show up tonight, they could just throw another one on stage. Uh-huh. And I felt like that it lacked something special. And on the other side, on the full extreme, as you take a brand like Cirque du Soleil, where everything from the moment you get there to the music in the tent to the first clown to the something all kind of ties together into an experience. And I think that's one of the things the theater can do is bring us together as a community. And I kind of didn't feel like working in places where I might be on before a really dirty act or a, uh-huh. or a guy who regurgitated things. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know, I saw all, everything uh-huh. there was. And also the conditions. Um, Look, I know when I talk to you guys, you've been there. You've been in malls, you've been in car shows, you've been in everything I did when I was younger. Like, how do I take all those elements away and just try to maintain a consistency? And performing arts centers and theaters seem to be the best option. Uh Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know, I don't really want to just stand on a bare stage. I mean, ultimately, I have a very small set, which is replicating sort of front porch stoop and a place to project vintage footage and family slides and things like that. But it all helps, I think, people's imaginations kind of open up uh-huh. and they kind of let their guard down. It's sort of like it's with the advent of eBay, right? Right. A, a thing comes on where people can go and go, oh, whatever happened to that toy I used to have? How much uh-huh. is it worth now? You know, and it takes them to a place. Right. So I think that's a little bit what the theater does and uh-huh. laughing together. They also realize that they have so much in common. It doesn't matter if you're 65 or you're 25, there's still a time you were five. Right. You're a common denominator of an experience of the way you looked at the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want it to sound cloyingly sweet and trite, but it's really a fun thing now that we're not living in a generation where we have to lay our own rail or hunt our own food or right. so that kind of thing. It does seem like people hang out with their friends and they go, oh, you remember that thing? Whatever happened to that? What's going on there? I mean, I look forward to going back to Omaha for a good rich malt. Yes. Or a run go. <laughs> yes, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's something about that hook of nostalgia that I'm somewhat addicted to. Okay. And you do it so well. Well, I, maybe it's I'm living in denial or something. But it's <laughs> What has been a highlight for you of everything you've done? Was there something that really sticks out as like the ultimate? Well, I mean, I probably could talk about some chapters, but... Certainly, you know, being on the Johnny Carson show with Johnny, who was a 
Seinfeld Nebraska was a highlight. You know, getting my job as a writer on the Seinfeld show was a big leg up. Probably all the way back when I did the hanging upside down in the old market of straight jacket escape thing, uh-huh. which was much more just a crazy promotional stunt. But my folks were out of town and they were in <laughs> Hawaii on their anniversary or something. And it ended up on the you know, overnight news. And it was hilarious to me. So uh-huh. it was sort of like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Obviously, the birth of my children made a big impact and has kind of maintained a special place in terms of as they grow up. There are many moments. Some are in the business, some are not. But uh-huh. I don't know. It always feels like there's something uh, to come, uh, you know, yes. as long as you kind of yeah. keep your eyes open for opportunity. We're talking with comedian and writer Pat Hazel here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And soon he'll be at the Omaha Community Playhouse with his production of The Wonder Bread Years. It runs June 13th through 29th, and tickets are on sale now. Have you ever had the difficulty of reconciling your public stage persona with your private dad persona? I personally don't have that issue. Okay. But, you know, you have to remember, I'm not a rock star, right? So, (laughs) it's funny. I try to be a fun and playful dad. And at the same time, most people are surprised I'm fairly alike offstage and onstage. Okay. And I don't know what kind of pre-show stuff you guys go through other than warming up or whatever. But I can be talking to somebody or eating a sandwich and then 30 seconds later walk on stage and do the show. Yeah. And... People marvel at that, but I guess I try to make my speaking voice somewhat authentic to who I am so that I don't have to change character. You don't have to put on or become someone else. And I also do something, I think, very intentionally. On stage, I try not to bring politics into it or bring religion into it. And while I do have beliefs, I generally feel like there's a place for that in my personal life with people I know. And... Right. It's not on stage, you know. Right. My my thing is definitely about trying to take everybody to somewhat of a um, uplifting moment, I guess. Uh-huh. I always look at the theatrical experience as a place that if I can improve their life for those 75 minutes or 90 minutes, that's my goal is to have people leave happier than they came in yes. or surprised at what they see. Or It's bringing people together. Yeah, humor is a tool that you can use to secretly pass on messages through because mm-hmm. there's a retention of your message when people laugh at something or they it has an impact on them you see some of this stuff on facebook or other things where people forward funny things there's the nature of us wanting to share those good feelings is right. something that i i'm attracted to. well we love that and then i have to ask talk about the worst performance you've ever had I mean, I remember driving somewhere, Topeka, Kansas, or somewhere, and they had a 700-seat place, and it was uh, snowing, and, you know, the radio was saying, do not leave your house if you don't <laughs> right. have to. And, exactly. You know, but I'm driving and ice scraping out my window, you know, with my hand with the ice scraper trying to just survive to get there, and there's really literally four people. Right. And the promoter said, you have to do the show. Mm-hmm. You know, legally, you have to do the show. But I'm leaving. But I'm, i got to get on a plane and get out of here. Right. So I, I was, like, put in charge of being sure that everybody did the show. I, I, it was just tremendously uncomfortable. The paying your dues days, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Anybody who thinks you're going to get in this business without paying dues is crazy. Right. Because you have to take every opportunity you can. You know, I think what happens if you learn from a bad show for whatever reason there was a point where I had no longer performed for kids, essentially. I didn't do, like, magic shows for kids or whatever. Uh-huh. And somebody said, oh, come on. 
just do this one last one. Yeah. You know, it was inevitably the worst case scenario. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kids showed up in a limo, and you're doing a trick with a dollar bill, and they say, I have a hundred dollar bill. You know, it's like you're actually arguing with an eight-year-old over something <laughs> because your ego is in it, right? And if you just had the sensibility to say no when the person asked you to do it, yeah. it wouldn't have ever been a problem. And that's what you learn as you go along, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So on every show, we have a question of the day. And our question today is, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Well, maybe don't sell that Berkshire Hathaway stock. Uh, (laughs) That's a good piece of advice. You know, it's funny. I, I think what I would maintain is to live in the present. Something that I sort of did successfully by learning to be a magician and doing magic tricks, teaching myself to juggle and doing juggling, moving on to being a comedian for a comedy, learning to be a writer, learning to be a producer. You know, instead of projecting so far forward and or looking at what I had to overcome in the past, always kind of looking at the present opportunity, I think I would just remind myself, sometimes everything isn't perfect, but being proactive about the present is always the best solution. Okay. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Great to connect again. Oh, my pleasure. I do hope that the Omaha audience comes out to the Playhouse for what I think is going to be a fun and charming evening of laughter. I can give a money-back guarantee. I don't think the Playhouse will do that, but (laughs) if they can catch me, I will give them their money back. They don't have a great time. Oh, it'll be a great time. It always is, Pat. We're looking forward to it. And thank Thank you you so much. Rolling right along here on the Mulberry Lane Show, bringing in some country next with Crystal Keith. Keep it here with your radio sisters, Rachel Bowe and Alley Cat.